Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome back to The Logbook, specifically. Welcome back to episode 21 of The Logbook. I'm one of your hosts, John Patty, and I'm joined, as always, by my good friend and co-host, James Robinson. James, but I'd ask you this week, when it comes to music, or listening to music, I guess, what do you think of the EP format of like releasing music on an EP? Um, well, I'm not really one to, to keep up with music necessarily that closely, but if there is a band that I really, really like that I'm paying attention to and they drop an EP, uh, I'm, I'm pretty into that. Like you just get a little taste of what they're working on and then get a, get it more of a hint on what's coming next in the album, I guess. Um, and their next album, but yeah, like, I don't mind it. Like I, I don't often listen to older EPs of a band I've just learned about, which I guess is sometimes a mistake because with something like, I love Fleet Fox's first EP and Tame Impala's first EP. Mm. Those are great, but I don't tend to do that that often. Okay. Yeah. For me, uh, again, not even talking about just like, obviously this has nothing, again, it has to do with just the format. I'm not talking about anyone's particular music on said EP. I fucking hate EPs. Oh, really? (laughs) I hate the EP format. I like singles or like when you release a batch of like two songs as a single batch, like to promote an album. Great. One song. You want to get it caught in their heads. It's the classic marketing routine to get people to to anticipate the release of an album. I get that. I love full albums. I'm a full album listener. But then fucking EPs, man. It's just like I don't know. It's, it's so many people. So many people. It's like oh well, it's a lead up to the album. It's like cool. One of like three things happens. Either the EP is great, and then the full album comes out, and they just put the best stuff on the EP, and the rest of the album's disappointing. They bring out the album and it turns out nothing from the EP actually made it to the album. So it's just this own separate thing that's not even a full length project that just kind of, you know, just tickles the senses a little bit without giving you the full album experience. Or um, I forget what I was going to say for my third point. I hate EPs. Um, Man, we uh, definitely had this conversation before because as soon as you said there's like three things, I was like, oh, shit, I know at least two of them. I didn't remember what the third one is either, but I knew the yeah. two. I knew the two you were gonna say because I think we've had this discussion in relation to our band, which Ticklish Cage. Check out the songs on on SoundCloud um, about whether we should do an EP or not, and I think you were very against that. Well, not necessarily because. I mean, we only have an EP's worth of music, That's so true. like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm willing to just like be a hypocrite about that one time because it's also not really about like. We also have a song called "Hypocrites," so there you go. To be frank, we're not as important artistically. So, like, to me, when no. a fa- when a great band that has a big following and does this for their career and makes an impact culturally, and is one that I really like, I'm like, give me singles, and they give me the album. And if you do make an EP, don't go too crazy. Four songs most, at most. And then add a lot of different stuff to the new album and make sure it's as good or hopefully better if the EP is bad. That's that's all I ask. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. So that's fair. anyways. Uh, this isn't a podcast about EPs, though. 
this isn't a podcast about music at all. It's actually about video no. games. Yeah. Uh, the way we run the logbook is we like to start off with the week's biggest news. Uh, you know, we don't necessarily include everything that's important that week. I don't know how we could possibly do that, but we like to include what we find the most interesting and what we have the most to say about. Uh, and then we like to move into a primary conversation for the week, something that can be timeless and something that's just sort of on our minds that we want to get off our chest. And then uh, we like to close out the episode with what we've been doing for the week or, or just playing for the week. Uh, we, we'll, we'll see if we'll do that this episode because we're recording a little bit later than usual. Uh, but again, yeah, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. It's almost uh, bedtime, guys. It's, it's almost nine o'clock. But the first bridge we're going to cross is over to the Sony state of play that happened this week and is the very reason we delayed the recording of this podcast. Um so, James, if you would like to start us off with the uh, state of play lineup there. Well, it's actually one of two reasons we delayed the podcast. It was the initial reason. The initial reason. And then, yeah, these these two reasons are the only things we'll be talking about because they're pretty big. But anyway, uh, state of play. Uh, overall, I think this is the first one I've ever watched live. Because I don't know if you count the PlayStation 5 showcase thing they did in um september do you i don't know uh, i don't know i don't know if that was a separate thing anyway this is the Anyways. first i i will <laughs> say that this is the first day to play that i've watched uh i enjoyed it i thought it was fine uh there, there wasn't like there wasn't much new really mm-hmm. but what i saw like the updates of the games that i was looking forward to which really was just two in particular uh, got me pretty excited. Um, Kana Bridge of Spirits looks amazing. Yeah. Like I, I don't Incredible. think I've ever seen a game look that beautiful. Like in terms of the animation style, the graphical quality, and the everything. Particle it's, effects. The particles. Stunning. Oh. It's just stunning, and I can't wait to play that. Comes out in August, uh, which it was originally supposed to come out in March, I think. But yeah, they had to delay it due to COVID. Totally fair. Take your time. Uh, it's going to be like. I, I'm sure you have this feeling every now and then. I'm sure everyone has this feeling every now and then, but you just see a game and you like, you know that you're going to love it. You don't need to wait for reviews or anything or, or mm-hmm. think about it. You're just like, yes, this is for me. And then the other game that was like that, that uh, felt uh, like it was made for me was real Solar quick. Ash. I was going to say real quick, uh, August 24th specifically. Okay. Is Canterbury spirits. Yes. Um, but yeah, the other game that looked like it was basically made for me was uh, Solar Ash. That just looks mm. like everything I have been enjoying in games lately, which is uh, really fun and fluid movement uh, combat that's not too difficult, but still, you know, can be somewhat interesting and mm-hmm. big world to run around in, uh, but not necessarily overstuffed with things to do. I don't know. And just the art style. Uh, it, it just looked amazing. And, uh, you know, Hyperlight Drifter was a lot of fun. So I'm looking forward to this one, too. Yeah, I, I have yet to play Hyperlight Drifter, but I I really want to play Hyperlight yeah, Drifter. Yeah, you're going like to like that one. You're going to like that one a lot. And Solar Ash, just, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that on that, uh, that style of gameplay uh, really uh, enticing me as of late. But also specifically, it, it just plays it to... I've just been looking for games that are very lean and intentional in their choices. Like you said, not overstuffing things, but just mm-hmm. like the things they do put in, they're fucking in there for a reason and they're going to be perfectly implemented. 
and also just games with like really great sense of style and this game seems to have all that yeah absolutely um and we got another trailer for returnal Mm -hmm. uh, which continues to look like a pretty cool game i'm still not sure if i'm gonna if i'm gonna buy it i'd probably wait for a sale on that one to be honest i'm gonna wait for the reviews and i'll wait for the reviews too but uh it looks it looks pretty cool um I'm much more of a fan of third-person shooters than first-person, and this one looks like it has that kind of fast and fluid gameplay that I'm into. And hopefully, yeah, hopefully it's not reliant on two. And it sounds kind of dumb for for a shooter, but like I don't like it when they're over reliant on being super super precise because I'm bad yeah. at that. <laughs> it's that's just a me thing i'm just bad at aiming so no, that makes sense and i i, I don't think it will be because i mean look at the speaking, size of the monsters and stuff too that you're facing yeah so. and also the key to the key to the game seems to be lots and lots of movement because it's a roguelike and you don't want to die and yeah. also generally speaking of course this is not always the case but generally speaking third person shooters tend to be less reliant on absolute precision than first person because mm-hmm. of the perspective inherently i think so yeah um what was next i think it was uh a new i think the one new game there was mm-hmm. only one new game in this presentation but it was a good one it looked pretty cool uh shifu which is like uh it's a kung fu uh beat up style game but i think there's also some some adventuring in a not an open world but more open levels i think um, mm. and the premise of this one is that your character is looking for revenge against the people who killed his family. Uh, and he can, I think he can live forever or he's able to revive himself after death. Like he's got this special amulet or, or mm-hmm. talisman or something that revives him. But every time that happens, he grows older. So that's what that was in the, in the trailer. Yeah. I was wondering. Okay. So yeah, like the, the combat looks really fun and and cool. Um, it it reminded me of like the, you know, the daredevil hallway fight, the first shot that they, they go through. Um, I don't know if you've seen that. I have no, uh, no, wait a second. First season of Daredevil. I haven't seen seen the show, but literally I think that was everyone's favorite clip. So I saw it online or something. Yeah. Yeah. Great action scene. So yeah, I mean, it just looks like a whole game of that and like John wicking about, well, I guess minus the guns, but still. And hopefully Uh, minus the dead dog. Oh yeah. That would be most ideal. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that avoid was unnecessary. That, yeah, avoid that at all costs, please. Please don't. do. <laughs> avoid yeah. dead dogs in your games. Exactly. Oh, boy. Can you pet the dog? Nope, it's dead. No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like that. Oh, God. <laughs> Anywho. Uh, I'm struggling to remember what was next. I think maybe it was like a the Five Nights at Freddy's. I don't care about that. Uh, I don't think do either. I, you know, uh, kudos to them. It's a wildly successful IP, and I could not possibly care less about it. <laughs> yeah, uh, same here. Um, yeah, I don't know. For me, I don't know what else there was. I'll let you talk about the probably the biggest thing for you. But um, yeah, uh, biggest the- thing for 
me and I think probably the biggest thing objectively, yeah. like yeah. just, uh, I mean, there's a reason they saved it for last. Uh, before I say it, because it's kind of related, uh, to open the show, uh, there's going to be a PS5 graphical performance update to Crash 4. About It's about time, which is super cool. That game looks really good, actually, and I might pick it up uh, later after the uh, PS5 upgrade I've happens. Never played a Crash Bandicoot game. They're fun. Like, I, I don't I know think... I can, I can download the trilogy for free right now. Do honestly do it like I'll the insane trilogy looks great and yeah. it's there's some genuinely challenging moments man from the from a platforming perspective because uh because of the actual like camera perspective you have in the game it's like it, it really fucks with your depth perception a bit but it's not it doesn't feel unfair like it's hard to explain you just got to play it um mm-hmm. so yeah there's an upgrade there but then yeah reason i mentioned that is because the thing they save for last is um because one of the biggest games of, well, probably one of the biggest games of all time, uh, let alone of just 2020, Final Fantasy VII Remake is getting two different kinds of updates. One, just like I was saying with Crash, a general PS5 update with better graphics, better frames, just overall better performance. And on top of that, at the same time, uh, on June 10th, I believe, of this year, that's going to happen. At the same time, there's also going to be a PS5 exclusive bit of additional content like an another episode they're calling it of final fantasy 7 remake called final fantasy 7 remake oh god shit what's it called Inter- intergrade intergrade thank you i didn't write it down i forgot to write it down there we go intergrade um i'm gonna be honest with you i don't know these characters that have been introduced in intergrade uh it seems as though they are from the original era of final fantasy 7 uh yuffie I believe is the main character. She's like an assassin of some kind and wears this sort of like chocobo like hood over her uh, very cute character design and very people seem to be really freaking out over this character and a couple of others. I, I wish I could give you more information there and have more to say. Uh, but uh, what I can say is once again, that is a PS5 exclusive. And also it's not necessarily like w- when the PS5 upgrade comes for final fantasy 7 remake you don't just get to like pay 10 bucks or whatever and then add that content onto your final fantasy 7 game and then like play it separately not like i kind of like bowser's fury or something like that you can't play it separately from the menu it's just like i'm pretty sure added into the full game i i could be wrong about this but i'm pretty sure i read that um so it's kind of weird (laughs) <laughs> yeah, they they worded a lot of things very weirdly in this trailer because it's not mm-hmm. it's not the Final Fantasy VII remake sequel, but it's not DLC if that makes sense. Really, like it kind of is and it kind of isn't. I don't know. Um, but there's another note uh, to that, which is it wasn't announced during the state of play, which is kind of surprising actually. Uh, it was announced today actually on social channels. Uh, but the about the PS5 for sorry, I should say PlayStation Plus games for the month of March. Uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake is one of them. <laughs> yeah. um, but if you're wondering, oh my god, I could get Final Fantasy VII Remake for free and then get a free upgrade for the PS5, right? No. Yeah, the free PS5 graphical upgrade is for people who own the disc version of the game who paid yeah, that's for just the game. Like- really wishful thinking on your part if you actually thought that that was going to be the case why would they do that that would be dumb (laughs) Mm -hmm. 
Like, like I don't know, it's man. already crazy. I mean, I know it's you over. Can, well, you can it's get already crazy game. that it's a it's already crazy that it's a PS Plus game in the first place. Yeah, that. But also, it's on sale like all the time, so you yeah. can get it for thirty bucks and still be paying like I guess forty. But no, you don't even need to pay for the upgrade, right? It's free, and then there's the DLC that's different, right? I think yeah, and I believe again, I I, I didn't look up the facts before getting on the podcast. That's my that's an oversight there. That's okay. I believe the new episode of Final Fantasy VII Remake will be something in the realm of just over thirty dollars. So not a full oh, okay. not a full price game, but not like a not a free downloadable episode of content or whatever um mm-hmm. so again it's in this weird space man it's it's a very hard thing to describe i find especially how it has a different title but it's not that different anyways but uh, i think objectively it was by far the biggest announcement of the show i think quite a few people were disappointed overall with the show that maybe there wasn't some bigger megaton announcements but nevertheless like you know adding new content to a game of that uh size like culturally that that significance i should say is definitely a big deal yeah for sure i mean yes it is a little disappointing we didn't get any news on like god of war ragnarok or any crash or not crash um rash and clank trailer or anything like that but you know what they've plenty of time in the year for for updates on all that stuff yeah yeah i'm excited for the uh god of war ragnarok update when they tell us it's not coming out in 2021 uh, yeah i'm just waiting for that one man like uh, i i i know i know i'm getting ahead of myself and i know i sound like maybe cocky but like i fu- i just everyone fucking knows it's not coming out this year right like eh, come on i mean you should really? assume, you should assume that yeah like like why I, I my reaction when it was first announced at that playstation 5 <clears throat> showcase before the console came out is i was like super cool but then when they flashed 2021 across this game i went get the fuck out of here stop that yeah come like, on you're not no, ready to, not. Yeah, come on. for that game if you're not ready to show gameplay for it yeah it's definitely not gonna be ready like yeah. horizon i think is a little more likely because they had a very full trailer for that one yeah but even no still, gameplay though uh yeah i guess there wasn't gameplay it was cinematic but still, but still. it's uh it's more than than god of war god it's more anyway. than metroid prime 4 <laughs> yeah with, with the logo yeah. i mean it was basically the same as god of war 2 so yeah um anyway that's not the point here the point is that uh it was it was fine the state of play and there's gonna yeah. be more of them i don't know how often they usually do them uh i i have no idea i haven't looked into it so honestly i just assume whenever nintendo comes out with the direct ps5 uh, playstation and xbox are just around the corner with something yeah i guess so i mean they honestly are kind of the catalyst for that yeah microsoft doesn't really do these kinds of presentations though do they uh no however i will say technically is another news piece but i'll just be super quick because it's so relevant to just game updates and and our game company events uh jeff grubb games beat we we trust him a lot of people trust him uh, rumors indicate that in March, apparently March 23rd, is it's been given a date now, there supposedly will be an Xbox and Bethesda-specific themed event. Oh, okay. To showcase what the partnership's going to mean going forward. You know, probably talks about exclusivity for certain games and announcing new stuff. So, yeah. uh, again, that's just rumored, but I thought it was relevant to share. Uh, they also, I mean, related to a game that was shown off, Deathloop. We didn't talk about Deathloop. Just oh, Deathloop, all I want to yeah. say about that looks great it does look great the song 
was fucking mm-hmm. fantastic. I loved that. That was great. It just sounded like an old school Bond theme. Hell Not yeah. even necessarily old school, just a Bond theme. Yeah. Um, 100%. And, it was, and it was great. Uh, but I, the reason I'm bringing that up is because that's supposed to be PlayStation exclusive, but they already announced that exclusivity only lasts for a year, uh, which I'm sure many people expected, but then it goes to Xbox uh, yeah. on next May. So, mm-hmm. which makes perfect sense. Uh, Bethesda is owned by Microsoft now. So, yeah, and it's, I mean, it's entirely possible that was going to happen anyway. So, yeah. So, uh, there you have it for the state of play. I think it was uh, pretty yeah. good. Nothing, nothing crazy. Pretty easy to breeze by with a conversation, but you know, it's good to know about what's happening with PlayStation, at least in this first half of the year. Yeah, absolutely. But for the real, the real meat of this of this podcast, and the episode, second reason we delayed the podcast, the second recording. reason we just delayed the podcast. We were, I mean, we were both expecting this at some point this week. I, just, yeah. I guess we just didn't really know when. Mm-hmm. Um, but the rest of this episode is going to be dedicated to Pokemon. Mm-hmm. And everything we love about Pokemon. And that starts with discussing the Pokemon Presents that aired this morning, uh, Friday, February 26th, the day before Pokemon Day, which marks the uh, the release of Pokemon Red and Green in Japan uh, 25 years ago. So we've had 25 years of Pokemon, which is so just old as I am. As old as we are. Yeah. A little bit older than we are. Just a tad. Um, just a tad. But yeah, I mean, they started the presentation off by doing a five minute like real celebration reel Loved of it. literally everything Pokemon has ever put out, basically. And yes, I loved it, too. I thought it was it was really cool just seeing all that stuff, like stuff I didn't even know about. A lot of stuff that brought back mm-hmm. memories. Um, yeah, that was a fun that was a fun presentation to or a fun way to kick off the presentation. Yeah, short and very sweet as we're going to get into it a bit. Yeah. Also, before we get into that, did you listen to the song they released? Uh, oh, Post the Malone. Post Malone doing, oh, doing, a, doing a cover of a Hootie and the Blowfish song <laughs> and, okay. with a Pokemon sample in the beginning. Yes. What Pokemon sample is that? That was Ecrutique City from <laughs> Gold and Silver. <clears throat> Unbelievable. That Unbelievable. was... Honestly, I listened to the whole I thing. Kind of liked I enjoyed it. it. I did enjoy it. It was I, pretty I, fun. I actually kind of like Post Malone. And oh, yeah. I kind of like, like the kind of guy so. who would be like, fuck yeah, I'm all about Pokemon. And then, as of, and then they, they would just ask him, all right, so what do you want to do for the collab? And he's like, fuck it, Hootie and the Blowfish. Yeah. <laughs> he seems like that kind of guy. It seems on brand for him. Uh, can't say it's on brand for Pokemon, but. <laughs> I don't know. I thought it was, it was good. And the, the, yeah, the mix in of that sample was done really well. Yeah. Uh, it was It was cool. It was amazing. I didn't know what it was immediately. Like I recognized it right away. Obviously, I had to but, read it. Yeah, but yeah, I had to uh, see on Twitter what uh, what people said, and then I didn't realize what the song was for a little while either, until he started getting into the the chorus. I was like, "Oh shit, this is a cover!" I didn't realize. Yeah. But yeah. Anyway, back to the presentation. So they uh, they started it off with that montage. And then they gave us an update on Pokemon Snap, our new Pokemon Snap. So 
John, do you have any thoughts on this? I know you're a bit more excited about it than I am, so I'll let you uh, take it from here. Yeah, it's uh, April 4th, I believe, is the release date, right? No, April 30th. April 30th. April 30th? Oh, why did I think it was early April? Uh, maybe I'm thinking of something else. Um, oh, I know what I'm thinking of for early April, specifically April 4th. That's my brother's birthday. Anyways, huh. um, yeah, he's a, actually he's actually a pretty big fan of Pokemon Snap, so that may be a good uh, belated birthday gift. Anywho. Um, I hope he doesn't listen to this. Pokemon Snap, man. I mean, I hope he does. He has a couple times, actually. He okay, has. good. Uh, yeah. Um, dude, Pokemon Snap. We're, we were just kind of talking this before recording about Pokemon spinoffs and kind of spinoffs in general. <coughs> we'll, do, we'll do something with that in, the, in a future episode. But as far as spinoffs go, man, Pokemon Snap's one of my favorites. I, you know, people, I think, in the last year or so for the most obvious and repetitive reasons imaginable are looking for the games that are familiar to them but can provide an extra air of relaxation and regardless of these circumstances no matter what when it first came out on the n64 pokemon snap has always been that it has been such a good just chill out and you know take us like literally take it slow because what you are is you're 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 on this like conveyor belt of sorts on like a fixed railed vehicle and you just go around a certain environment uh luring pokemon with food to get the best shots of them imaginable and try to fill up your your photo pokedex uh your photo decks i guess it should be called um (laughs) (laughs) and yeah man like that's it that's the whole fucking premise and it's so relaxing and what they've done is gone ahead and apparently made this one of the most beautiful looking games on switch to me at least yeah and so you add that visual fidelity with a game literally all about visuals and every sense of the word for you know the gameplay and all that stuff man i think it's gonna be so good i'm not gonna compare it to the first one necessarily right away i just want some relaxing little 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 snap snaps little get some you know get some picks and oh, oh there's a little charmander there let's still throw a berry for him okay as we're uh, coursing through here you know we're gonna go see uh, oh oh a blastoise has come out of the water so let's snap that oh he's he's roaring there get another shot okay you know that's that's what's going through my head when i'm playing pokemon snap and i hope this weird sort of asr some asmr segment goes through yours as well okay great <laughs> I just Pokemon mentally snapped. <laughs> oh no! Oh geez. Um, I mean, yeah, you, you pretty much covered it. Like, I don't, I don't have that many other thoughts. Um, yeah, it looks, it looks beautiful. It looks like a relaxing game. Uh, I just don't know if it's the kind of relaxing game that I want to pay for and play. So, um, well, I, I don't guess know. some of us choose stress, James. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, you know what kinds of games I play like hades and celeste and shit that's stuff is stressful as fuck primo stress right there yeah yeah um oh what was i gonna say god damn it when this happens uh pokemon related it was pokemon related. how did you know (laughs) how the hell did you know you're so smart i'm very i'm very inquisitive very intuitive yeah uh that's probably not the right word but anyway (laughs) (laughs) i'm easy to use james wow i have to reassess our friendship (laughs) anyways um (laughs) i yeah i didn't play i don't have any childhood memories of pokemon snap because i've never played it uh i never had an n64 as i've said many a time on this podcast um so i'm probably gonna wait for reviews on this one uh just to see what 
people think i'll see what you think if you think it's something i would enjoy um because as we've established you you understand me you get me i just get you yeah um but yeah i like you that. just think i'm intuitive yeah exactly it's a one-way friendship um <laughs> I liked that shot of uh, a Venusaur jumping into the into the water. So cute! Like, that's the most so cute. Can the most, the most I've seen Venusaur move ever. A grassy belly flop there, a little silly yeah. grassy belly flop. That was cool. <laughs> so yeah, I mean it'll it'll be fun to see that kind of uh, those kinds of interactions and stuff. But yeah, yeah. it was uh, it was pretty cool. What was next on the the docket? I can't remember. Well, there's only two right other after. there's only two other things in this present. Well, actually, they did go over a bunch of events and stuff for an existing game. Eh, eh. We don't care about those. Who gives a fuck? Exactly. Um, but yeah, the only two other things uh, were Gen Four remakes. Mm-hmm. Why don't we cover our thoughts on those first before we go on to the objectively more exciting thing? I will say without revealing the more objectively exciting thing um super happy that they're being remade in general because i really like gen 4 i can't say it's my favorite per absolute favorite per se but uh, i've said this in previous episodes uh pokemon diamond on my ps light ps light jeez ds light um <laughs> hey man ps light would be cool <laughs> on my ds light was by far i think the most amount of gameplay i've put into like an offline single player game before. Like I, I think, I think I had 900 hours. Holy shit. Yeah, man. Completed the, How? <laughs> the only Pokemon game I've ever completed the Pokedex for like fucking Arceus, all the Ar- Ar- Arceus, as I've heard now too, I've heard Arceus. tomato, tomato. I've heard, I've heard. T- well, the I've Pokemon heard, company is saying Arceus. So I've dude, I've heard tomato, tomato today. Like, and apparently you said Arceus, did you say? Arceus. Arceus. Sorry. Okay. Well, I'll say Arceus. A lot of people I had heard Arceus a lot too. Um, Arceus. Yeah. So I'm very excited for that reason. And I think it's, it's deserving to get some attention again. I will say if the next thing we're going to talk about didn't happen, I would have been more disappointed given how much of a one-to-one top down, pretty much kind of DS style remake this is if that makes sense. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. And I, I kind of feel the same way. Um, I feel like you're probably going to get the Diamond and Pearl remake, one of them, right? I would imagine. I'm going to get Pearl because I had Diamond growing up. So yeah, I'm going to try so that. If I get one, I'll get Diamond because I had Pearl. Uh, but I'm kind of on the fence because I've been, I know we're talking about how much we love Pokemon in this episode, but I feel a little burnt out on the formula. Oh, after, after sword and well sword um i didn't even buy the dlc i just kind of didn't feel like it um so yeah i'm not i'm not too sure about getting getting diamond uh i'll have to see if they've made some other quality of life improvements but it just to me it just looks uh it looks a little stale in comparison to the to the other game especially but even before that it looked a little um, like, I will being say too I don't careful with the with sticking to the formula and with sticking to the 
the originals. Yeah, I, I will say I don't know about quality of life improvements, but what I, I actually read after the fact was uh, apparently Diamond and Pearl remakes here, which specifically Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl are the names. Um, they w- are going to include some of the extra content that was put in Pokemon Platinum. Right, I did see that. Platinum will be, it, it will be in those remakes. Right. Which, Which is good. Can I tell you Platinum, what the content is? I cannot. <laughs> I, I can't remember. I don't think I beat Pearl, but I I was going to get to this later, but I, I ended up buying Platinum later, and I'm pretty sure I did beat that one. And when I say beat, I don't mean 100%. I just mean beating the Elite Four and rolling credits because I never... Only game I've gotten all the Pokemon in, uh, completed a Pokedex, was actually Pokemon Sword, which now is incomplete because there's DLC and stuff. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm happy that, uh, that people are happy about it. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of the art style, the chibi look. Um, it looks a little interesting. It's fine when it's top down, I think, but when you see that shot of like, it it goes down and you see the (laughs) the male character walking towards you, it just looks so off to me. It's a little jarring. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean the, you know, the battle the the models look good i guess and uh i mean they i guess they look pretty much the same as the the sword and shield ones uh i don't know if there there are any differences but but yeah i mean i i don't really have that many thoughts on on this this one i I don't have that many memories of gen 4 so it wouldn't be going back like and being super nostalgic for me maybe a little but um yeah, I mean, the other thing is they've made strides like in Lex, Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee and Sword and Shield. They made it so random encounters were basically no longer a thing. Mm-hmm. So going back to random encounters again is just kind of. Dude, yeah. step back. I don't, I don't really like that. It so. is. Yeah. And like, again, and I, I'm pretty sure we're just about to get into the next and most exciting thing about this presentation. With that existing, now I'm even more so like. Oh my god! These Gen Four remakes should have been Let's Go games. I would have. Yeah, I mean, I, I honestly wouldn't have minded that so much. I liked. I Let's love Go. the Let's I Go games. Let's Go, ah, Let's Go Pikachu. It was fun. Dude, one of the most relaxing games I've. I've oh played yeah, in the last absolutely, years. absolutely. And so the art style. The art style was great. They looked fantastic in my eyes. Anyway. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I, mean, I, I, want, been, I want to see another Let's Go game. Go I would have been weird sure. if they just jumped to Gen Four Let's Go, but uh, I mean, I would have been down for it. Yeah. Yeah, it would have been weird, but again, yeah, I, I still would have liked it though. Just, just for the purposes, not even necessarily Gen Four, but just to see another Let's Go game. I want another Let's Go game. Yeah, I mean, who says they're not going to do it? So yeah, but yeah, I mean, the next thing. Why don't you lead us into the next thing? Uh, I, I was going to say, yeah, if you, if you weren't leading in, I was going to say one thing they are going to do going forward, and and I mean this in a long term sense. I think they implied that there is a quote new era or a new story to be told within pokemon uh and a new era in the pokemon series that is the quote they used and if you hear the naming convention you'll realize oh shit okay this could be a new line of pokemon games i hope so yeah. i'm like my head is swimming with the possibilities of what they could Dude, do 100 percent uh the po- the game is called uh <clears throat> pokemon legends arceus is that, is that correct? Did I say it correctly? Yes, I think so. Yes, Pokemon Legends Arceus. Uh, so with Arceus, you can imagine, oh, that's also Gen 4, 
which means it's also Sinnoh. Yes, that is all correct. It is technically, uh, I won't say prequel because like it's like really far back in Sinnoh history, Still but it's basically, yeah. <laughs> it's a prequel, but like, I don't no know. One's gonna, no one's ever going to refer to it as that. Yeah, but. okay. It's a, pre, it's a Sinnoh prequel. Um, <clears throat> basically, you come in as a, uh, you know, a Pokemon adventurer, a, a Poke trainer, um, and along with another bunch of people who are bustling from other uh, regions coming to Sinnoh to sort of start building up Sinnoh as it's sort of uh, still in its state of being a massive wilderness. And it's up to you uh, to build like be the person to build the Pokedex of Sinnoh for the first time. Go out and discover these new Pokemon in the region of Sinnoh, which is a super cool concept. Absolutely. Um, and the main draw is that it seems to be going in the direction that at least I should say the older, most outspoken fans of Pokemon have always wanted uh, since Sorted Shield was announced. They This is what they wanted Sorted Shield to be in the first place. And that is a basically an action rpg open world action rpg of sorts i'm not really getting how it's an action rpg yet yeah Uh, but they did use that phrasing so there's something we're missing clearly uh i think i think the reason they're using that is because it seems like aside from combat everything will be like live action if that makes sense like you don't have to get into an encounter to throw a pokeball you in third person view move your character you see a pokemon in the wild in front of you and while you're crouching in the grass in that third person perspective live without having to enter a separate battle and take a turn you live aim and throw a pokeball at it yeah which in, is awesome. in, in real time real time that's the phrase i was looking for in yeah, real, time. real time so i think that's why they're going with the action rpg moniker yeah that maybe moniker, that's the maybe and i'm sure there's going to be other stuff that that has to do with that but the other yeah. thing worth noting is that they've also said that battles will be seamless so you're not going to have a battle transition or anything mm-hmm. um it'll just go and you'll just fight right on the in the world which is awesome. Like yeah. if they can, if they can pull that off, um, cause they don't have to like take you away from the environment and put you in this generic like area. You can just, uh, battle. And like, I think they were on different elevations at a certain point, like slightly different, but still like, that's such a cool thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like an open world Pokemon game, like who I never thought they'd actually do it. Cause game freak has kind of been, <laughs> sticking yeah. to a formula but uh let alone a an open world sino prequel like yeah. who saw that coming who, like i thought if they were ever going to do it they were probably going to do kanto but uh yeah i like it it's a good choice especially if they're going with the like each if they do make this a series if they're making them based on different legendaries Mm -hmm. making this based on the god of pokemon to start is like that's a bold move and that's awesome i love that move i i think the reason why is because or okay maybe not from a open world perspective but i think the perspective of just having a Sinnoh prequel is because gen 4 was so history and archaeology focused 
so there's so much mm-hmm. lore from a, from a Pokemon perspective. There's not it's not really that lore driven, but compared to all the other gens, Gen Four is very lore driven in that way. So I think they it was a lot easier to come up with something in that sense for like a prequel and and filling in more context. If that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, yeah, that'd be cool if they you know fully explore all those backgrounds and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, another part of the wording in the in the trailer was like you have the hub of the town, mm-hmm. and then you go out from there every time. So I'm wondering if that's going to be like the only town in the game, or if you'll still find other ones, small settlements out in the what in the wilderness. Um, maybe it'll grow over time with maybe. you. I mean, I mean, I think that's a little wishful thinking, actually. <laughs> fair, fair. So they're they're taking baby steps here. Well, it's a pretty big step, but within that, there's probably going to be pretty baby steps. That's uh, yeah. I mean, overall, as a concept, it's really cool. I mean, people have pointed out it looks a little rough. Um, the frame rate on some of the Pokemon in the wild has been yeah. It's like. 10 frames a second maybe uh maybe less but the game is still a year off at least uh they say early they say early 2022 that could be anywhere from january to hell even i'd say even may or june exactly yeah uh like it doesn't mean that doesn't have to mean january or february and it's especially not going to be january or february since uh, Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl come out in November. Well, they haven't said November, but like, let's it's gonna be, be honest, November. it's going to be November. <laughs> Always November. Um, yeah. yeah. So I mean, they're going to want to put some space between them. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I would guess if it doesn't get delayed. I, I mean, I kind of expect a delay. They've been pretty good, the Pokemon Company, at, at sticking to a release date, but this game just seems like such a different project that maybe they, they might take a little more time on it and COVID's still going on and all that stuff too. So I'm personally not holding my breath for like an early 2022. I think it's possible it could be pushed back later in the year, but even if it does get early 2022, I think that translates to first half and it's probably going to be a May title. And maybe there'll be a Switch Pro by then, so it'll run better, higher frame rates. Um, But I guess to sort of go a little deeper into the conversation outside of just the direct, uh, man, it's a new era for Pokemon. And there, it's cool that they're announcing that on the 25th anniversary. But Pokemon Legends, as a as a subheader, I guess, or a subtitle, I should say, or whatever you'd want to call it. that seems like a repeatable like entry to me. Pokemon yeah. Legends Lugia. The Pokemon other Legends Ho-Oh. Like Yeah, the uh, the quick thing, the other cool part of this is I don't think they've ever really changed the Pokemon logo. It's always been the yellow with the blue outline. Yeah. I'm pretty sure this is like the first time they've ever at least in an American release or an, or a western release made it a different color and like made it look mm-hmm. different. So, I mean, that alone tells me maybe I'm being taking this a bit more of a stretch, but that, that tells me that they're kind of looking to make this a new, a new offshoot. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, I really hope that they do uh, a Johto one would be awesome. Like if you did a uh, legends, ho, ho, cause then you could look into the, 
like there's that burn tower in uh and i think yeah. it was in antique city mm-hmm. um there's like the ruins where the unknown are uh you get more about the the trio of dogs suikun raikou and uh ente like there's a lot you could do there and it's connected to kanto so you get your kanto stuff in there as well uh, that would be awesome. And then I think Gen 6 would probably be the other one that has a lot of potential for background stuff because there's that Pokemon War that was mentioned a yeah. lot uh, from, yeah. I forget the the really tall guy's name, but um, that would be I a really cool thing. Six, so I'm no oh, you didn't play it at all? Nope. Okay. Uh, it's not, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, I mean, that would be a cool one to explore. And, and Galar in the past would be cool. Gen 8. Uh, like all of them. All of them have potential. I feel like Alola would be the weirdest one to go back to in the past. I, I feel yeah, like it'd be a little probably. limiting because the islands are very kind of self-contained. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, anyway, it's uh, it, it's a concept that has a lot of potential and I hope they run with it. Yeah, Shit, we didn't I... even mention the starters that you get. In this oh, game. Yeah. Oh yeah. Let's go back to so that. It's, it's not, a weird mix. It's it is a, a weird mix. It's not the Gen 4 starters. They picked No, it is not. From random gens. They still did starter yeah. Pokemon. I just realized that makes sense though. Because it's people from other regions coming to Yeah, it does make sense. Yeah, you're right. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, they went with uh, other gens. And you can catch the starters like we saw Piplup in the wild and Chimchar in the wild. I think there was a Turtwig that we saw too, which is I great. Think so yeah. Yeah. But your starter choices are uh, Oshawott from Gen 5, who's the water starter, Rowlet from Gen 7's grass mm-hmm. starter, and Cyndaquil from Gen 2, fire starter. Yeah. Which is such a weird mix, but I, I like love it. I love all of those ones. Uh, Oshawott's probably my least favorite in terms of where they end up. Um, yeah. But like Cyndaquil is one of my favorites. Cyndaquil's line and Typhlosion. Oh, dude. One yeah. of my favorite Pokemon. 100%. Uh, I love I love all of the Gen 2 starters and where they end up. That's, I think, I can't really say that because Gen 1 was really good with the starters too. But like yeah. those first two gens with the starters, amazing all throughout. Like each each evolution is fantastic in my opinion. Um, Well, that said... I actually want to ask you because as soon as this presentation finished up in the spirit of, you know, celebrating the 25th anniversary, seeing that mix of the starters come in, uh, you know, as reference points to all the gens we know and love now, you know, it gets you talking about, okay, what are your favorite Pokemon? What are your favorite entries and stuff like that? And I know we have our stuff written down here of all that, excuse me, kind of stuff, but I want to ask you, I posed this to my friends and it was kind of a cool thing. Because otherwise you might get off the rails. But before you get off the rails, a good way to go about maybe just your thinking behind what makes a Pokemon design and, and look awesome, you know, give me all time. And again, these are interchangeable. It's not a permanent decision. Just off the top of your head, your favorite first evolution starter, your favorite like second slash mid evolution of a starter and then your favorite final evolution of a starter. Oh, that's tough. That's really tough. I have my answers because I, again, I posed this question uh, to my friends and I was able to answer too. So, okay. I think I know the middle, which weird that I'm going to start with the middle, but which is usually the worst overall. Usually. Middle. Yeah. I'd say dude, gen, gen eight middle evolutions were 
garbage. I thought they were terrible. Oh, horrible. I um, hated mine. My, uh, what the fuck was that abomination's name? Fucking. Who'd you start with? Grookey? I started with Grookey, and then his midform just gets jaundiced all oh, of a sudden. Yeah. It turns fucking <laughs> it's yellow. It's the grossest like, yellow. It's disgusting. Oh, man. Get away from me. Burn it with fire. <laughs> Oh. Well, you can. That would be super. And it, I'm glad it would be super effective. <laughs> yeah, speed up the process. God. Um, I think my my favorite middle, and it might be partially because of Smash Bros, but also it's a great design. Is Ivysaur? I think Ivysaur. Awesome. Ivysaur is fantastic. All the Gen One mids. All the great. Gen One. Yeah. Uh, I think honestly, out of all the Gen One middle evolutions, I think Charmeleon's probably my least favorite really he is my favorite i don't know actually ivy store is definitely my favorite maybe war Tor- no i like war Tor- me, i like all of them though like charmeleon's my favorite mid because like of all time like of all or just a of general all time okay of all, all right. time my favorite mid evolution because unlike so many other mid evolutions it is truly an exact mix between the the best parts of the first and the best parts of what's to come in the final evolution without getting too busy in the design without trying too hard keeping things still relatively simple but just the crank turned up a little bit in complexity compared to the starter just you know it's another great one and and this is the the final is one of my favorites uh is grovile that oh, line, yeah. Trico, Grovile, and Sceptile, that's a really good line, too. That is a very good line. Gen uh, 3, right? Yeah, Gen 3. I really like that one. Um, so, yeah, like I think, and it's, you know, two grass ones, but I guess between uh, Ivysaur and Grovile would probably be my favorite middle, middle evolutions. Yeah. Number one, that's tough, though. Um, Mine's Squirtle. Cyndaquil, probably. Ooh, I think good choice. My favorite number one. Or good totally. choice. I don't know. I love all the. Gen- this is such a hard question, John. <laughs> They're all so good. Like I love, I love all of the Gen Two starters probably equally. On it, yeah. Such a hard choice that. for me. I get that. I love their whole. Each one of them, Chikorita? their whole line. Chikorita is awesome, man. I love Chikorita. I think I've. I've actually my opinion on Chikorita is actually lowered over time. Oh, you bastard. It kind of looks like a grassy butt plug. Don't tell me that. <laughs> <laughs> but like it kind of does, doesn't it? Ugh. I'm sorry, but oh. I don't know. It's a little it's a little too it's a little too thummy, you know? <sighs> I don't know. You can, I'm sorry. You can, I'm you sorry. can think that. That's that's fine. You can think that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but, but try to narrow down I guess it's too hard for you, but we'll say, we'll say, okay. no, I'll say Cyndaquil. I'll say Cyndaquil for okay. my first. And then I'll say Ivysaur for my second, for my middle final. Oh man. I've got, so my, I'll just say quickly, my favorite starter of all time is Squirtle. Yeah. My favorite second is Charmeleon. And by the way, gen one is actually not my favorite gen. So it's kind of funny. Oh, that's not mine either. Of it. It's my favorite, but Blastoise. I, Blastoise is a very close second okay but i want to give props to and i think i'm comfortable saying my favorite final evolution is incineroar really because here's the thing 
Incineroar to me, especially so late in the game when argue, you know, the design quality goes up and down for Pokemon people argue. Incineroar feels so right within his region and the aesthetics and themes of that region, number 1. Number 2, as per a final evolution, it it serves the perfect balance between that maturity and intimidation that comes with a fully formed beast of a Pokemon without sacrificing the playfulness and the 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 approachability and kind of cheekiness and charm of what you want out of a Pokemon in general, out of the Pokemon brand and experience. And then from like looking at the colors and the layout, like the whole wrestling theme and stuff like that, mm. it is just on it just reaches a point of detail just before being too busy for my taste. Okay. Right. Where it's like it's just got right. It's it's got a lot more detail than the other two, but it doesn't go overboard. It's just right where it needs to be with detail level. And for all those reasons, man, and Incineroar is just awesome. You know what? Incineroar and in general, I've always really liked Gen 7. I I, I almost feel like I've underappreciated Gen 7 from a Pokemon design I think perspective. A lot of people have, honestly. Yeah. Like it, it was a pretty solid gen. I Dis- didn't Digi- like oh. Decidueye was great. I didn't like I don't know. Primarina was okay. I didn't like Poplio that much, though. Neither did I. To be honest. No, it, it, but it's not bad, though. It's not bad, no. Yeah. Uh, I think, okay, so I think the reason Decidueye, like, I love Decidueye, but the thing that kind of keeps me from thinking it's one of the best designs is, and this is going to be a very weird, like, specific thing, I don't like the dots on its wings. Like, looking at it from behind... Mm. Okay. And and just the the color like the the light tan color, I'm not a fan of that coloring. But yeah, everything else I about it, about the concept, I love the concept of uh him making his arm a, a bowstring and pulling down the hood of or the the string of his hood to make the or that's mm-hmm. the bowstring and then his wing is the the bow and then shooting arrows like that's a really cool concept. Mm-hmm. Um But yeah, I'm not uh, I'm not a huge fan of of the the colors on that that's fair but i know i like if i pick my favorite final i'm not going to have as as specific a reasoning as you i'm just going to say because i like it uh it's uh, tough between like septile and and typhlosion and for alligator typhlosion for alligator i I, yeah i i I will say when i played gen 2 for the first time which is actually pokemon crystal i played gold and silver afterwards which is kind of funny um mm. i picked typhlosion two times out of three i never went with all three weirdly enough um even though i used to like Jicarita. um and i do i still love typhlosion Cyndaquil, like I, I i do love that line i love typhlosion but i i think i've grown to love overall from a design perspective i like for alligator the most i think that's fair i mean this the evolution of of the syndical line is very simple uh, yeah i guess the squintiness is kind of weird to me but i guess it's kind of cute i don't know it's it, weird it's just like they don't change the coloring or, or they just kind of change the size of the beast and where the fire is coming from yeah and i think it's probably the most consistent like logical like evolution like yeah. that looks like a syndical all grown up which is really cool uh, but in terms of like a dramatic change and a, like a truly badass final uh well, like it is but like it's not the most you know dramatic change as i'm trying to say 
Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I could be basic and say Charizard. I do love Charizard. I know it's oh, a bit overdone, Charizard, yeah. but Charizard's really awesome. It's overdone for a reason. I think we should that's move on from this topic or this specific thing because I'm never going to decide. <laughs> that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, um, like, so who did you, who do you typically pick in a, in a, in a, as a starter? Like what type do you typically I, go to? Classically, honestly, because, okay, I will say I missed out on gen five and six. I have not okay. played five and six. So X and Y and black and white slash black and white too. Um, everything else I've played. Uh, pretty much a 50-50 mix between fire and water, actually. Uh, I will say, though, the last two generations, I've gone grass for the first times ever. I, my first grass starter was uh, Rowlet and then going into yeah, the UI. And then uh, I went with uh, Grookey to Rillaboom because I think that's the best. And it's sure as fuck better than Inteleon. Fucking. Yeah, oh, I went, I went with, I went with Sobble. I went with Sobble. Sobble had my favorite starter design, but it was, I didn't ruin one uh, of the, the yeah. evolutions leaked, man. It's too skinny, man. Dude, his name should be Inceleon. Somebody, somebody snapped <laughs> a scrawny little Reddit user in half. Honestly, yeah, terrible. It was a great, me great member of my team. Like, did a lot of damage and all that shit. No, but like, yeah. in terms of he did a lot of design, damage to me. Ah, uh, yeah. God. But yeah, like I, I've been very consistent with picking fire. I think uh, for until recently because I did. I can't remember first. I probably did Charmander first. I definitely did Cyndaquil first. I definitely did Torchic first. Uh, I did Chimchar. I did... Um, oh, fuck, what's his name? The pig. Tor- uh, uh, Torchic? Tor- uh, oh, fuck. I know the other two. It's Pig Knight and Embor, but what's the first Embor's one? Embor's awesome. I like Embor. Um, I was disappointed when I got to Embor really yeah i didn't like embor that much i thought and then you're gonna think this is weird for me but i thought the grass starter was the best one in that gen and it's a oh, snake serpent one yeah i don't like snakes, i think i think, but I think that that evolution was really really cool i think gen 5 is the weakest overall for the starters mm. personally i know i didn't play but still i think I uh i think gen 6 might be the weakest i went with fennekin for gen 6 mm-hmm which I ended up enjoying. I know a lot of people don't like Delphox that much, but I thought it was pretty cool. Fire Psychic, that's a cool mix. Uh, went with a whole mage look. Weird ass fucking final evolution. That's dude. That's you don't so like it? Weird. No, I. All right. I, I thought it was all right. It's robed. The one that was super disappointing. I'm gonna say this is the most disappointing evolutionary line from a from a starter Pokemon is Chespin. Chespin. Chespin? into quillidon quillidon looks fucking stupid as hell and then into chestnut just this big ass like arms going out to like it looks like it's (laughs) t-posing it's the worst it's so bad it's i hate it so much Um, but yeah then after that uh so yeah i guess i did fire for the first six gens and then i did uh i did rowlet rowlet was my favorite from that um from gen seven and then i went with uh sobble for for gen eight yeah man sobble oh dude, i love i love that honestly sobble as a first evolution is one of my favorites but man disappointing line i i will say overall across all of pokemon i kind of broke it down this way uh in my head with uh again i know it's kind of on the theme of starters but again it's also caught talking about 
kind of the design philosophy. I, I always think starters with Pokemon just because it sets the tone, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, in more ways than one. And to me, the way I think about this, I'm curious to see if you agree. As far as first evolutions go across all the generations, on average, water is the best for first evolutions hmm. for, for starters. For fire, on average, fire has the best set of three on average across all generations and then grass overall i think is the worst however it has some of the highest highs your uh your torteras your septiles your your venusaurs and your deciduous like it has some of the highest highs honestly when i think about it yeah and i like meganium a lot too so i mean if i think about it Meganium is the flower, right? Yeah, Venusaur, Meganium, uh, Sceptile, Torterra is awesome. I like Superior. Superior is really cool. Really, Chestnut is the only grass starter I think I don't like. Mm. Because I like Rallet and I really like Rillaboom. I haven't used it, but I love the design of Rillaboom. I really like Rillaboom, yeah. So, yeah, wow, you're... That's weird. Grass, yeah, grass is uh, really awesome. But across the board, like, oh, God, so many mids ha- are terrible. There's some just mm, meh yeah. starters for grass. I personally am not a fan of uh, the, the Gen 2 grass. Final. It's a just it's just bland to me. It's just, I'm a flower. I, <laughs> like, I, like I don't know. I think, <laughs> I think the three of those together, it's, it's, a, lo- it's a strong... A strong oh, trio. Yeah, it's a, a strong, strong trio to me. Yeah. So obviously I've been gushing about Gen 2 a lot. Um Gen 2's awesome. That's my favorite. favorite obviously. My favorite as well. I think it's the best, no question. Like gold and silver, like the I mean, if you look at the stories, they're not great. It's Team Rocket kind of came back and you deal with them really easily. But mm. you get to go back to Kanto. You've got 16 gyms to <clears> tackle, <throat> which is just amazing. You've got a massive Pokedex with that um like a massive space to explore heart gold and heart and soul silver i don't think they're gonna top those in terms of remakes uh in terms of what they added to those oh definitely fantastic fantastic um yeah i just i I love gen 2 like the lore all the new designs they brought in yeah some really awesome designs in there uh, like Tyranitar, uh, Suicune, the legendaries. That's when they introduced dark types, right? That is Gen when two. they introduced dark types. Big dark mo- and, and steel. steel. And yeah, steel. Big, big moment for the huge moment for the franchise. Yeah, exactly. Like they gave, uh, they made Psychic a little less powerful by giving it a counter. Mm-hmm. Um, it was but yeah, because of the lore, it was the first one that made me like really invested in like whoa i want to learn about these legendaries like i want to i want to hear more about lugia i want to hear about ho and the burning tower i want to i want to chase these mysterious three dogs you know yeah also the two best pokemon movies the second one and the third one 100 percent. i agree i I haven't seen all the pokemon movies but i've seen quite a few i mean i've only seen the first three i think uh maybe (laughs) i saw the fourth one as well but i randomly saw that one about dark dark which is kind of weird i don't know i feel like the movies stopped being good i mean i'm only saying this because i stopped watching them after this but they stopped being good after the third (laughs) i think they stopped i think they stopped appealing to us in terms of age group oh yeah probably yeah um 
but yeah, uh, Gen 2. Gen 2 is great. Uh, I probably have the most memories of Gen 2 and 3. Because uh, I can't, like, I was obviously really young when I played Pokemon Yellow for the first time. And I never had uh, Leaf Green or Fire Red myself. I borrowed it from someone. But I played uh, Silver a lot. I played Heart Gold many, many times, I think. I, I definitely played three times because I know I did a run with each of the starters. Mm-hmm. Um and I'm pretty sure I did a run with each of the starters in Gen 3 too. I didn't actually play. I don't think I finished Alpha Sapphire, though. Oh, okay. I started getting a little bored of it, to be honest. That's fair. Uh, Gen 3 is one of my favorites, but I I understand. Honestly, I, I, know it's a, I know it's a meme, but there really is too it's much too much water. water. <laughs> I, I hate to say it, but I do agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was one of the parts that kind of turned me off from doing the full thing, especially because in the like in the later end of it, and this might have been the case with Gen 2 as well. No, less so. Because in Gen 3, they introduced Dive as an HM. And there were four HMs that were water-related, I think. You had, or maybe it was just three. Did they have Whirlpool in that game? I believe so. I'm pretty sure. No, they didn't. No, actually, no, they didn't. no yeah. uh, they, I was, I was had... dive up with like the fact that you dive into a whirlpool. I, I thought maybe uh, you just dive into deep areas of water. No, but remember when you first get dive at like the eighth city and you have to go check like like where you could catch relicanth. Remember it's that? A, it's not a whirlpool. I thought it was a whirlpool. No, no, really? Yeah. Like when Kyogre's being summoned and shit. You don't dive into whirlpools. There aren't any. I don't think there are any whirlpools in Gen oh, 3. But anyway, you've got dive, you've got surf, and you've got waterfall. So your water type just becomes mm. an HM slave, which is yeah. Shitty. I'm so happy they got rid of HM. I know, slave. but that's I mean, that's another thing why I don't necessarily want to play Gen 4 again is because that was probably the worst case of having too many HMs that were useful. Defog. Oh, that God, was terrible. Like, who that. who wants to use that? That's the worst. Surely move. they'll get rid of. It. Surely there must so. be. I hope so. There. And I rock climb, so. like rock climb, was kind of cool for traversal, but like as a move, it wasn't that great. Um, I don't even know where I was going with this. Oh yeah, Gen three was a little hard for me to get through, but I had the most memories of those two, Gen th- two and three, uh, and then Gen five is when I started making checking Cerebi in the morning part of my daily routine. Cerebi is a Pokemon site. They always have mm-hmm. updates on the news. So anytime a new game was announced, I check every day for new info on it. Yeah, Cerebi's cool. I never yeah. really used it much, but... I used it a lot. And I used it a lot for planning out my teams and, and the moves I would have and stuff. I never really go... I've never gone into a Pokemon game blind, which is kind of sad and maybe i should do that um for gen 9 whenever that comes out but i always end up looking at leaks or looking at the pokedex before and just planning out what i'm gonna have on my team but i do want you to go into this pokemon question blind without thinking without trying to without pulling a john and objectively quote-unquote objectively defending its reason all that stuff don't do that for your personal reasons and your personal love of the games give me your top five pokemon games pokemon games Hmm. Okay. It's um, not gens, games. Games. 
heart gold. Nice. Um, yellow. Ooh, number two. Nice. Okay. Uh, oh, am I going in order? Yeah, oh, yeah, it doesn't matter. It's, it's up to you. I don't your think I'm going in order. Yeah, that's fair. Go for it. Uh, okay, so heart gold, yellow, platinum. Um, the all all the others kind of just I guess I don't know all the others kind of just blend together for me. I guess sun. I like sun a lot. Sun looks sun's good. good. Sun. Um, I don't know. I can't even objectively say any of the other ones are I like more than the rest of them. Mm. Maybe think- black two or white two or whatever I whichever one I had. My top two are set in stone, but the rest I'm like it's energy. It's depending on my mood, depending on the day. I'll say let's go as well. I did uh, I did enjoy let's, let's go. go great. That's pretty fun. I, I was debating putting that in. I'm like, is that mainline? Is that spinoff? What is Let's Go? I think you um, consider it mainline. So number one, all-time Pokemon Crystal. No question. Uh, number two, all-time, no question, Pokemon Emerald. You see, kind of a theme. I, I like my little, uh, yeah. my third off ones. Mm-hmm. Um, Pokemon Yellow, because uh, that's my first Pokemon game ever, and it's just great. Uh, Pokemon Diamond. It's what I had for Gen 4. Put the most amount of time into that into arguably any game ever. Uh, I, I think I'm going to say Pokemon, like, uh, like, let's go Pikachu. It was so good. And it, it was the first true top to bottom quality of life changes. Uh, I know they, it's a tie, arguably a different series of games, but it's still the core experience of gen one, just like delivered differently where they're emphasizing catching versus constant battles and no random encounters. And I was like, hell yeah, when I'm done a work day or whatever I'm doing that day, I was probably unemployed at the time when it came out. I was like, yeah, this is chill, man. This is just, give me, give me the goods. Just let me catch them all. I don't think I did get them all in that one. Neither did I. The but only game it was, cause it was, that was the focus was catching. Only game that I, Completed the Pokedex was Pokemon Sword, which I, I did mention that already. Yeah. Mm. Um, Pokemon Sword was quite good. I like Pokemon Sword. Right. That was good. Yeah. It's good. But it definitely, after actually completing the Pokedex, it definitely made me feel a little fatigued on the whole thing, which is why. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I'm kind of hesitant on Brilliant Diamond and why I'm more excited for Legends. Yeah. You know what? I went from, I'm guaranteed to buy Shining Pearl to. Fuck! If they don't do quality of life improvements, I I might not get it. Yeah, I I you're right. I I just don't have the patience anymore. I like I have, you know, I'm a very lucky dude with a job and therefore disposable income and can put money and time into the hobbies I have. Yeah, it's not really about the money, right? It's about it's, the, it's about the time. It's about time exactly. To ha- like and ultimately with a ga- with a game like Pokemon where you're already going to put so many hours into it to think of the percentage of your game time spent on the random encounters and just the needless moments. Yeah. Right. Like I I just can't go back. Yeah. Same here. I don't think anyone can. At at scale. Some people will be able to. (laughs) Some people will be this holiday. Uh, I'm saying like at scale, like the most outspoken fans are like, no, thank you. Yeah, for sure um okay why don't we uh end this off by just discussing our our favorite 
I know we did starters already, but just talk about our oh. favorite Pokemon. Oh yes, I I have an all time favorite singular Pokemon. I think it's the same. Oh no, yours it's, is mine is mine. my that is my second. The one you're thinking of is my second favorite. Yeah. How about you say your favorite first slash my second favorite? Okay, well I have a tied for number one favorite. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, Arcanine is probably the one you're thinking of. Indeed, because he's a good he's boy. The, the the best big the best, boy. The best big boy. The best big fiery boy. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Arcanine is just awesome, like a massive tiger dog. Come on, tiger That's- dog. Yeah, how did I not think of that? Tiger dog. Like, yeah, it well, is a tiger is. dog. <laughs> His classification is also legendary Pokemon. That's his classification. That's like true. in the Pokedex. Yeah. So he's he's a legendary before Mewtwo, Zapdos, Moltres, Articuno. So fuck all them. Arcanine is the legendary Pokemon. Yeah, you're the right. legendary boy. Yeah, man. Yeah. So that's one of them. And then probably my favorite Pokemon to actually have on a team and use oh, and also design wise also design wise i love is uh jolteon no really? i fucking love jolteon jolteon's great jolteon's amazing i was i'm surprised and also electric type is objectively i think the best type it's got the fewest weaknesses uh mm. it's strong against a lot of things great designs and uh great designs great move pools usually it's fast speed is like the best thing in pokemon mm. really um so yeah i mean you get a jolteon in there like i always teach my jolteon shadow ball so you've got a little bit of diversity in the move pool but if you have like electro ball as well which is a move that does more damage the faster you are than your opponent or if you've got like um like a volt tackle or a thunderbolt i mean jolteon's probably more of a i can't remember if jolteon's a physical attacker or a special attacker but whatever the stat is like you can build a really great move pool with Jolteon. And uh, yeah. in my opinion, anyway, for my purposes, maybe competitively, I don't know because neither of us really do competitive Pokemon. No, but, uh, I would get my ass handed yeah, to me. I, I have gotten my ass handed to me by my friends uh, often. Mm-hmm. But yeah, those are those are my two number ones. Nice. Okay. So as as you now you know, my second favorite uh, is Arcanine for all the reasons James mentioned, but my number one favorite, because again, it, it just needs to fit into what makes a Pokemon great from a feel and look perspective and personality and aesthetic perspective, you know? And number one's Gengar to mm, me. I love Gengar. I, I've been watching, if, if you know the YouTuber ProZD, uh, I shouldn't say he's just a YouTuber. He's a voice actor. He's the... Um, the Korean fellow who uh, has kind of shaggy black hair, shaggy dark brown hair, glasses, and like a very deep voice kind of sounds like this, mm-hmm. like naturally speaking. Uh, he does a lot of like those super short skits on video games and nerd culture, stuff like that. Pretty yeah. funny guy. He's also been doing like tier, like tier list rankings for all the generations of Pokemon, uh, like very recently. Oh, that's a lot of work. <laughs> and he brought up a great point, which is I'm like, I don't necessarily flock to them. But I think across the board, from a design perspective and just look and the ideas that come out, man, Ghost is strong. Go- Ghost is there really are a lot of cool strong. Ghost types. Yeah, I don't know if I can say in terms of design, though, I don't know if I can say that there's one design type 
that stands I, out. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not saying man. that either. I'm not saying that Ghost is that, but it's very I know, strange. I know. But um, yeah, I'm trying to think of like, I think there's a lot of cool steel types. Yeah. Um, I don't yeah. know if I can say there's one type that stands out. Um, Gengar, but Gengar though, I will say, mm-hmm. again, speaking to just the, the, the spirit of Pokemon aesthetics to me is it's the final evolution. I think final evolutions are cool because there's just the anticip. I always have to celebrate one of my favorite parts of a Pokemon game. And that is until I started being older and like looking at leaks beforehand because I'm, I, I ruin all fun and joy for myself. Um, yeah, same here. Uh, but as a child, it's like, oh my God, what's the final evolution going to be? There's that magical moment and hearing the dun, 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 yeah. dun, 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 like the music and you're like, oh my God, what is it? Right. Gengar was one of those first moments for me of like, holy shit, this guy's amazing. And like, a standing ghost who's a, a thick chubby boy with feet is ju- it's just a funny design but it's a super minimal and super effective and clear design and mm-hmm. it's cho- in like the choices it makes and then it's simultaneously like again i'm looking at it from a kid perspective it's like oh my gosh like look at that beast of a pokemon in one blink of an eye and in the second blink of an eye it's but look at him like he's just he's a silly guy he's a silly little goofball you just want to hug him or like yeah but then you know he's gonna eat your nightmares or eat your your good dreams and leave you with nightmares so then there's that duality of how he translates you appreciate him for one reason as a child and then you still appreciate as an adult but then you appreciate him for a whole other reason as an adult and so to me he's just it, it is one of if not possibly i can't say for sure possibly the most timeless design of a pokemon for me okay. and he's also had a lot of cool moments and like the anime and stuff and just uh so much character so much personality both in how he looks and how he behaves and all that stuff gengar's the best i agree with everything you've said i realized kind of by well i guess i've got a few gen one ones here but i think kind of by accident i've put in standouts to me in each generation for my favorites. Yeah. I just realized accidentally I did one in each, at least one in each. Name them off quick. Wait, is there a Gen 6 one? Just go bang, bang, bang. I don't have a Gen 6 one. I'll try to think of one. Anyway. uh, Yeah, so Gen 1, some standouts for me. Gengar, as you said. Uh, Alakazam. I like Alex Zam. Pretty cool. And Gyarados is a fucking classic. Like I oh, love yeah. Gyarados. You gotta, I, I, if I have a chance, Oh, and the red Gyarados and gen two, that's another thing. That's amazing. The only shiny I've ever had, which is the one that it gives me is, uh, yeah, which is super awesome. So yeah, there, um, there's some standouts. As I said, I love all the starters for gen two, but then another one that I love is, uh, Ampharos. A weird, uh, a weird evolutionary line, yeah. but it works for me. And I just, I like Ampharos a lot and has always been, I think it always ends up on my final team when I play Gen 2. Almost always. Uh, Gen 3, Sceptile, as I said, great design. Uh, best starter in that gen, in my opinion. Um, one of the strongest designs. I was an advocate for septile being added to smash bros um i think i wrote him in the ballot when they were doing the ballot for smash 4 Mm. and uh and i enjoyed playing him in um i keep saying him it sorry in uh pokken 
really cool move set translated there. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Gen 4, I've got Staraptor. I think Staraptor is one of the best, like, you know, there there's always a generic bird type, life bird type, flying type Pokemon, but it's like just a basic ass bird starting out in mm-hmm. the three stage. I think Staraptor is probably the coolest one. I always thought it was a fighting type because it gets close combat, but it's not. It's just, it's still a normal flying, but still it gets close combat. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gen 5. I don't know if you you haven't played Gen 5, but there's a an, an electric uh, zebra Pokemon, Zeb Striker. Oh. I thought that was a really cool design personally. Um, I don't really have much else to say about it. Gen 6. What would I say about Gen 6? Um, I think Xerneas, probably the legendary for Pokemon X. I thought that was a really, really strong design. Yeah. Uh, It just look, it just has that air of a legendary Pokemon. Like it just looks so uh, regal and daunting and like you have to respect it, I think. Mm-hmm. which is uh, like everything you need. It just commands respect, which is everything you kind of need in that type of legendary design. Uh, I really love Lycanroc in Gen 7, uh, specifically mm-hmm. the daytime form, because uh, I love dogs and wolves, and it's a rock wolf, which is just objectively awesome. And then I feel like one in Gen 8 that a lot of people maybe didn't like and i feel like i'm the only one that likes this one is scent scorch do you remember that uh, one yeah, yeah fire fire bug type which is such a cool pairing and it's this long ass millipede basically on fire and it's just really cool to me i don't know why i like it i, I like it so much i love the, like the the it's basically like a samurai helmet face it's got that like that the flames come out of it in in kind of a a design that you would see on on a samurai's helmet and it just looks really cool. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, that's uh that's all my I don't know if I'd say they're all my favorites. Some of them are, but they just, just stand they just like stand to out mind. to me that they came to my mind. Yeah, and I think to wind down this episode here because it's it's later than usual for us, and I'm getting pretty tired. Ten o'clock. Uh, I'm I'm going to be. Um, uh, I'll, I'll just like list off the same the same kind of list for not necessarily my concrete favorites of all time, but uh, some that you've already heard and some that you haven't. Just the first things that came to my mind when I was thinking of like just really great um, Pokemon. Uh, so the first one I wrote, first ones I wrote were Blastoise, Arcanine, Squirtle. I've already talked about those reasons a little bit. Mudkip was one of my favorite starters of all time and swampert was my first level 100 pokemon i believe oh, so wow. have a lot of memories i, I didn't really i didn't really like swampert that much and i was actually gonna say my next pokemon blaziken i think is by far the best design of the three of the final evolutions there i i blaziken's awesome i think uh, blaziken was cool the first one i had blaziken's like the first starter in that gen i had blaziken's the the most badass one after blastoise to me uh, so there's Blaziken, uh, Snorlax, uh, Greninja, Sharpedo. I fucking love Sharpedo. Yeah. Uh, Lugia is probably my favorite legendary. Uh, Suicune. I used to say Lugia as well, but I've, I've come around a lot on Ho-Ho. I like Ho-Ho a lot. 
Yeah, Ho-Oh was great too. Uh, but I, I, Lugia will always be my number one there. Fair enough. Um, Suicune. I love all three of the legendary dogs, but oh, Suicune, yeah. because of Crystal, I just fucking love Suicune. Uh, Tyranitar is one of my all-time favorites. Uh, I already said Gengar for a whole host of reasons. Most recently, Corviknight. I think it's mm. just a fantastic design. I think everyone fucking likes Corbin. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, all-time favorite of mine, and I think pretty consistently fairy types are fantastic, uh, but Chansey, man. Gotta love Chansey. It's just, it's a healing, cute, motherly egg. Yeah. What's there not to like? With its own egg in its pouch. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, one of my favorite all-time legendary designs is Moltres. I always go back to oh, Moltres. Yeah. And go, oh, yeah, man. Um, I think I like Zapdos a little bit more uh my answer for you had a tie for number one is for as far as your favorite to have on a team well this is one of my favorite from a design perspective but also just having on a team and that is alakazam mm. i love alakazam yep. rayquaza i have attachments there for you know from emerald um copperaja i think was copperaja introduced there was gen eight that was, yeah gen that eight. was a pretty strong uh strong Copperaja. one yeah i don't like the name but i love the the look of it um and two of I, I just remember these at the very end. I just wrote them down now so I don't forget. All, one of my all-time favorite Pokemon in general, but specifically water Pokemon, Kingdra. Oh yeah. dude. I love seahorses, and then they just made it this kind of elegant but still intimidating and cool uh, uh seahorse. Yeah, and water finally, and dragon type too. It's a yeah, good man. uh it's a cool pairing. It's such a cool pairing. And then finally because we love good boys. We mm. love dogs. Hound. This is a this is a bad boy. Hound. This is a bad boy. Well, he's Hound. a good boy, Hound. but he's a, he's a he's a good boy, boy, but he's a bad boy. Hound. Yeah. So that does it for me, man. With the first ones that were coming to my head of just my all time mm-hmm. favorites. There, there's obviously so many I'm missing. Oh, uh, I mean, yeah, there's like 900 of them. So of course we're gonna miss a lot. Um, but I think we've covered a, a good amount of Pokemon stuff here. We absolutely have celebrated uh, it right. And as I said before, at the beginning of the episode, uh, there was no guarantees as to what we're going to uh, about talking about uh, what we've been doing for the week. I'm just going to kind of if if people don't mind, I'm going to cut it here. Uh, it's getting a bit late again, later than usual for a good That's reason, okay. delayed for good reason. Um, but nevertheless, thank you for listening. Thank you. For I'm going to be playing the same things next week anyway. So there you go. Yeah, it works. So, out. Yeah. Well, it, it'll be it's an it'll it's a cut, right. but it's an efficient cut um mm-hmm. thank you for listening thank you for celebrating pokemon which i'm assuming you'll be doing if not go talk to your buds about what your favorite pokemon are go play your favorite pokemon games it's the 25th anniversary get hyped for all the new announcements too uh don't forget the uh gen 4 remakes are coming out later this year in 2021 most likely in november uh and then the new legend uh pokemon legends rcs or arceus i should say is coming early 22 for now 2022 for now uh for as far as the law book goes if you don't know already you can find us on all major podcast platforms including apple spotify and google please leave us leave us a review i should say if you would like to give us some feedback or some content ideas uh and if you want to have more in-depth conversations with us you can find us on twitter at logbook podcast once again thank you so much and we'll see you next week take care you got 100 you got an hour and 25 minutes still so it's not like we're giving you nothing so be thankful (laughs) be thankful (laughs) 